Progress. What's going on? This is your boy Chris Simmons coming to you with another podcast episode on this special episode with another special guest. Man, I'm look I was looking forward to having her all week, man. We've been planning this since last month. Uh this guest is an author slash public speaker, all the way who is currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She's from the country. Uh, she was originally born and raised in South Dakota. I ain't never met nobody from South Dakota, but she is like probably one of the only people you will probably meet that's from South Dakota, to be honest, unless you go to the state. But she's originally from South Dakota, but she uh, is, you know, right now she's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, it's funny how we uh, actually got connected because, you know, I was doing these live segments called What Would You Do Wednesdays? You, are, you already know about that. And... She happened just to get on there and just see what I was talking about. I didn't think she was actually going to, you know, respond and give me feedback. And literally, like, you know, when I was asking, you know, the people to give me feedback, she was one of the ones that was giving me feedback. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she hit me up. She's like, yo, I love these. Like, I love these segments. You know, we should definitely do a Zoom call and get to know each other. So that's really how our relationship sparked. But yeah, that's pretty much how that's how that's how we're here right now because of my live sessions. You know what I'm saying? But without further ado, let me in- introduce y'all to special guest, Miss Heather Westover. What's going on with you, girl? How you doing? I am doing great. Good to see you, Chris. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I uh, I mentioned how I love that shirt. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I thought I thought somebody made it for <laughs> real. Like I said, I said, did somebody make that for you? And she was like, No, I bought this. I was like, really? I'm like, that look handmade, honestly. You know what I'm saying? It looked like somebody sold that together. <laughs> well, and instantly when you said that, I was like, why? Does it look bad? You Just the way, you, like, oh, you bought that? <laughs> but we're good now. All right. Yeah, no, it's all good, though. It's all good, though. Yeah, she's out there in the car. Uh, she, I was like, bro, I thought she was driving at first, but she is, like, parked <laughs> somewhere in the parking lot of the store. She had to drive like 10 minutes just to get to town. I was like, bruh, <laughs> that's like, man, that's a long wait. <laughs> 10 minutes, like, you, yeah. you know, being out in the country, it's, 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 it's a distance. It's a distance. You know, I am way out in the country. We own five acres ourselves. And then right behind me, one of my best friends owns like 1,500 acres. That's just nothing but pond fishing and cattle roaming. So. <laughs> Y'all honestly can tell by my face, like, I don't know nothing about that because I've never, like, lived in the country. I've been to the country because I have family who's out there in the country, but I've never lived in the country. I've always had, you know, I've always been in the suburbs and I've always had stuff around me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could not, I don't know how people do it. Like, some people got to drive, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to get to a gas station. I'm like, I can't do all that. (laughs) Like, that's too far. (laughs) When I grew up in South Dakota, we lived on the, my home place was two, two miles square, the whole thing, that was our place. And then we had a lot of farmland and stuff that we worked um, other places, but the home property was just a two mile square radius. And I mean, I just had full roam of it from the time I was a little bitty. And, um, but yeah, we were 13 miles from town and, uh, you know, wow, internet. I mean, back then when I was growing up in the seventies, we were just lucky to, we were just lucky to actually get AM radio come in. But, um, (laughs) yeah. And, uh, so now that I'm living out in the country, I have a hard time with internet. 
it works some days and some days it doesn't. Yeah. No, no, we, uh, I could see that because we had that problem coming on trying to uh, get ourselves together for this episode because she kept going in and out. I was like, I was like, are you at home? She's like, yeah, but we we don't get no service. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I got to go through. I got to go in town just to get service. I was like, man, it's like, that's crazy, though. But. But yes, yeah. I'm sorry about that technical delay. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. But no, I mean, it's all good. You know, I respect it. You know, everybody come up different. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with being out in the country. You know, it's all it's always yep. unique. It's unique out there. It's quiet. That's what I love about the country. It's pretty quiet out yes. there. It's uh Yes. The only thing you can hear is like animal noises. Like you was telling me earlier, like you was hearing the cows. I was like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fence where the coyotes don't, they can't get in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that makes it a little easier to just sleep listening to them howl. But yeah, it can be a little eerie if you've never heard it before. Nah. Yeah, no, I feel it. I feel it. But yeah, that's cool though. I mean, that's cool. Like, you know, love. I'm sure you probably love it out there and everything like that. Now, speaking of speaking of, you know, being an author, like I know you talked about how you was writing a book and stuff. Uh, why don't you tell the people like how that's coming? You know, when, when is it going to come out? You know what I mean? So I being 50 years old, I thought to myself, I mean, I've never done this before. I don't want to be one of the people who just throw something together and slap it on Amazon. Um, So I entered a program through Georgetown University. Uh, Professor Eric Kester um, started this program. And it's particularly for first-time authors just to help you understand how to write your best book. And so I've been in this program since May. We went through the first four weeks was like learning what's going to happen to our mindset through the process of writing. You're going to end up with the imposter syndrome like, what am I doing? I'm no author. Nobody's going to read my book and learning how to work through that and press on and continue creating content. So now I'm done with all of the, that creating content. My book is, you know, for the most part done today, I submitted my final manuscript over to the publishers, new degree press, and they've assigned an editor to me there. Who's going to take the next month, read it over and then get back with me to any revisions we might need to make. I enter a pre-sale phase in on November 22nd. You'll be able to order my book online. Um, there's a, quite a few perks for anybody who orders through the pre-sale. They'll get a handwritten note from me in each of the books and some other fun things. And then, um, and, and I think there might be a little bit of a digital download for one or two chapters through that pre-sale. And then the book will be in hand, in hand with a handwritten note from me in spring of 2022. All right. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations to Miss Heather. Uh, that's, that's, Thank that you. was, that was so interesting when you told me that before, um, because it was, it was funny how me and you, we were like on the same mission because I know you mentioned that you, yeah. to me that you were trying to write a book. And I've mentioned to my audience that I'm also trying to write a book as well. And my book is going to come out a little before yours. It's scheduled to come yes. out in December of 2021, so around Christmas time. If you're looking for a Christmas gift, go ahead and get you my book, Step Towards Your Purpose, yes. and also get Heather's book when it comes out. I would definitely uh, promote that on my page as well. But it's just it, it's just interesting how we, you know, had a connection right there. How I was mentioning how I was writing a book, you mentioned that you was writing a book, you know, at 50 yes. or 51 years old. You know what I'm saying? So well, and I was. 
I was a little envious of you because you've actually gone to college mm -hmm. and you know so for you to write a book you're in the middle of that kind of stuff I have never in my life not even had a college professor critique my work mm -hmm. and so that's why I was like at 51 I should not just <laughs> throw something together and put it on Amazon I'm so far removed from that learning and education phase in my life. I wanted to do this program so it would be right. a good work, you know. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I definitely see that. And I feel like it's never too late. Like, you can always, there's right. no right time. Like, people will always, like, try to be like, oh, you got to wait for this time to do it. Like, or, oh, you too old, you too young. Like, no, like, you got to take advantage while you're here now. So I respect that, you know what I mean? I feel like it just goes to show that you really don't need a degree. You really don't need, you know, really any type of qualifications to really go after what you want to do. You just got to go ahead and do it. Right. You just got to have a plan. And if you have a plan, you can just go out and execute it. So all respect to you, like, you know, doing what you love to do, being able to, you know, enroll in this program and, you know, get this book together. That's that's what's up. And, you know, it kind of goes, goes for me as well. Like, you know, I was never really a strong writer in school. And I've mentioned how, you know, I struggled in writing coming up. Like I had to take, you know, these special ed classes, you know, in school. And, you know, I always take like standardized tests. Like, you know, coming up in school, we all they always tested us on something. It was always like some type of test to see like how we were doing in school. And, you know, according to my test results. <laughs> That's what school is. Exactly. It's all standardized. All like, you know, you got the, <laughs> yes. we had what we call the OAT, which was the Ohio, uh, achievement test or whatever it was called then it yep. changed it to oaa then they had the star test the air test the mac test like they had all these different tests we had to take to you know try to determine like were we strong in reading writing math and all that and i was i mean i was passing them but it wasn't like you know i was advanced and so like i remember like on the writing test like i wouldn't do as well I remember on my ACT, I took the writing test. I got a six out of 12. So that's basically a 50%. So, you know, it told me that so I wasn't. So did that, did that make you believe like, I'm not a writer? I'm not a whatever. Did you fall into that a little bit and have to fight that? Yeah, no. And that's funny. That's, uh, you know, funny how you mentioned that because I actually mentioned that on my last episode, how, you know, I was thinking like, oh, like, this I guess the test says I guess the test must be right. I guess the test says I'm not ready to enter into college and be able to you know do the writing. But you know I had to look past that because I'm like you know right the test the test might say this, but I gotta I gotta say that I can do it. And I just had to say I, right. I can do it. Like despite of you know getting the six on the ACT or even like when I was taking writing classes you know coming up in school like you know from K through twelve. You know, the teachers, I would always get my writing back and they'd be like, uh, you know, it's just it's it's OK. Like, you know, I have teachers tell me like, oh, you know, it's 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 the sentence structure, this sentence structure, like this this grammar, like it's it's just not there. Like, it's just not on advanced level. It's just the mediocre. Le like, I would hear those type of comments and, you know, I'll just be like, man, like, really? And that kind of discouraged me because when you hear from somebody else, it kind of discourages you to go after your dreams. But, you know, I had to fight that. I'd just be like, you know what? Just because right. they said this back back then doesn't mean it is true today. It doesn't mean it applies to me today. So I had to just get over that and just continue to do it because I would never know. Like, this could be the best book that ever hits the shelves i wouldn't know if i never tried it so i had to just get over that right. and learn how to do it yep 
That's good. Well, I, I spent the first 31, 32 years of my adulthood being a stay-at-home mom and a wife. Like, you know, I, I wanted – one of the things I'm really good at is supporting people in their mission, you know. And um, so I just spent my whole adult life, you know, lifting up my kids, helping them. I had two go to college on a softball scholarship and, you know, just – my husband, from the time he started working for a major airline, he said, I want this position, you know, and I, you know, I did everything I could. I, I did all of the stuff with the kids so he could focus on his career. And two years ago, he landed that position. And so we were good there. Most of our kids are out of the house. I still have one at home. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, does, does Heather ever get a chance? Do I ever get a chance to reach out there and achieve something and so I sat down and talked with my husband and he was like yes here we go <laughs> so that's how I reached out and found the program Georgetown University and and I had a lot of the I knew I was a good writer um, all my life even without classes but I just had a lot of the <laughs> Heather you're 50 years old and you don't have a degree what are you doing you know um, but I just kept going I, I want this you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, it's never too late. I mean, if you make up in your mind that that's what you want to do, then that's what you're going to do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I actually wanted to go back um, to what you said about you, you know, not being able to attend college when you were young. Because you did tell me that you made a huge sacrifice. And, th- and I want to, you know, transition to this into the topic about relationships, because I felt like when you mentioned how you didn't get a chance to go to college or you didn't get a degree from college is because you actually, like I said, made a sacrifice. Um, one thing that I found interesting about Heather is that she'd been married for 33 years. This girl, you know, been married for 33 years and to her high school sweetheart, to her high school sweetheart. Yeah. That, that is rare. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I probably know <laughs> maybe one per- one other person. Like, you know, I listened to Eric Thomas and he mentioned how he got together with his high school sweetheart. But this girl been married since what? Since you was like 18, 17, 18 years old? Something like that? 18, 18 years old. Yeah. We, I graduated in May. I turned 18 in July and I got married in September. And um, about two years later, my first daughter arrived. And every two years after that, we had another one. <laughs> when the baby was born, they were 6'4", to a newborn. And yeah, and I was like 26. <laughs> it was crazy. And um, then 10 years later, I turned out pregnant again with, you know, just like, that'll rock your world. You know, that your youngest child is nine and a half and you find out you're pregnant. What? So, yep, that's how it was with us. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was crazy because I was like, man, like, that's crazy. And one thing that I remember you saying was how because back then there was no technology, like we got the cell phones, you know what I'm saying? We can call, text people like from a distance. But I remember you telling me, I was like, man, like, it's crazy how you got married in high school and are still together. And, you know, one thing that I remember you saying was how you sacrificed, like, then you got like scholarships from like different schools and everything. But because you were so committed to being with your sweetheart that you said you for you you know gave that up just to be with him and i think that's dedication right there like 
you know, having to sacrifice so, going to college to be with this man. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like you in a good place now. Like, would you say that you, I, you know, I, are in a good place in your life right now? I really am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the seventies and eighties, you know, um, there, when we were in high school, we lived in two different towns and our towns combined to make one school district. And so he was from one town. I lived out in the country with the other town and um, to for us to even call each other in high school, it was long distance and it costed money. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't like we were the we had to pass notes to each other and we had, you know, like only saw each other at school. And that was basically it. So um, then when it came time to decide what are we going to do, I had a scholarship to play volleyball and a scholarship to sing at a college in Bolivar, Missouri. And so that was a long way from South Dakota, uh, for sure would have been long distance, would have been very expensive for us to call each other even once or twice a week. And then how would we get back and forth to see each other, you know, that kind of stuff. So the summer after we graduated high school, we just kind of sat down and had this discussion like, if we're, if I'm going to go off to college, it's not really going to be feasible to stay together. I mean, to be honest. And so are we breaking up right now or what are we thinking? You know? And, um, because I said, I, I really, if, I, if your choice is to break up, I really don't want to continue today all summer up until the day I leave for college, just increasing that heartbreak, you know? And, um, so, you know, we really didn't, know what we were doing like I said at the time we got engaged I was still 17 but at the same time we just I don't know how to do life without you so we're just gonna stay together whatever mm-hmm. that means and in the 70s and 80s there, there was no chance I was ever gonna just live with anyone mm-hmm. he asked me he said do you want to just live together and I was like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not your girl you know number one I wanted him to stay alive you know because my parents would not have gone for that um but Number two, it just wasn't something I wanted for myself. Um, So, yeah, I gave up the two scholarships and we got married and we moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming, where I put him through school. I worked at Wyoming's Game Fish and Parks Department and paid the bills and brought in insurance for for us while he went to school. Man, that's a lot. Man, that's a lot of dedication right there. That takes a lot of will and a lot of grit. And I'm sure along the way, getting married that young, you know, a lot of people don't make it. You know what I mean? Like, I know, like, my parents' parents, they got young and they divorced. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, at that age, you know, sometimes you're not at a a maturity level yet to be able to handle all that. But it seems like oh, for you know, sure. 33 years later, y'all still got a strong foundation. You know what I mean? Like, how did, how did you... We how, do. Like, you know, t- talk to the people out here, Heather, because, like, you know, you definitely been in a relationship longer than me. Like, my longest relationship has been seven months. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real <laughs> with you. You know, I've been, you know, like, I'm still young. I'm still trying to date. So, it's like, how did you build that foundation, though? Like, how, how are you still able to be I mean, together? I think one of the best things we ever did was we went... As soon as we got married, we moved six hours away from everyone. And so there was no, like, staying mad at each other because we didn't have anybody else. I didn't have any friends in Cheyenne. We, You know, it was kind of a slow thing to get to know people. You know, there was no just getting mad at him and not talking to him because 
I would have nobody, you know, we were all we had. And, um, you know, and then we did, we grew up together. And so I think a lot of the fact that we grew up together was when the hardships came, I remember thinking to myself, I do not know how to unwrap myself from this man. Like, I don't know how to cut us apart. We've known each other since I was 13. We dated off and on through high school. And um, how do I just do life without this person who's been such a big part of my life? And he went through a decade of addiction to pills Um, alcohol was also a problem, but it was mostly the pill, you know, driven by pill addiction. Um, his doctor had prescribed him Ambien and to sleep. And if you've ever, you know, heard any testimonies of people that have taken that, it's, it's a, it's a big drug. And, um, if it goes bad for you, it's really bad. And it just started a decade for us where, oh, oh, you know, um, it was awful. And during that time, I kept thinking to myself, like, how do I remove myself from this man? Like, and there were so many bad things that happened. But um, at the same time, I just, I come from a long line of never give uppers, (laughs) you know? And I just, I mean, I kept reminding myself, you said your vows to God. You didn't say your vows to this man. So... If, if, you know, God releases you from this man, then cut and run. But I never felt like I had that permission where God said, this is a lost cause. Go ahead and go. I, I didn't feel like I had that. So I stayed. <laughs> and now he's on the other side of that. He's been clean and sober for 12 years. He's a 100% different man today than he was during that time. And... Sometimes it works when you stick it out, you know, uh, but I will say I, I have a podcast. It's called Life Bites, Bite Back, and I recorded a podcast with him about being married for 33 years, and I asked him, I said, would you advise anybody else to get married to their high school sweetheart at 18? And he was like, no, no, <laughs> and I said, well, what about us? We're a success story. He was like, yeah, we're like that lottery ticket you hit for mm-hmm. several million dollars, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> So it's hard and you don't, I don't know how to explain it to somebody to just make it work for them. But, you know, I I was a never give upper. Um, I learned how to forgive and I invested a lot of myself into this man, you know? That's, that's amazing, man. Like that, that's, (laughs) that's true love right there. Being able to stick with somebody through the thick and thin, you know, that's, that's something I've always looked, I've always, you know, started to look for now, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, when they're looking for relationships, you know, they just sometimes they be playing in the sand too much. You know what I mean? Like they be building right. sandcastles right. and they trying to like find relationships. They ain't really trying to, you know, they just there just, just like when it out. looks good. Yeah. <laughs> like they just there like they so, just like what's up? I, I think, though, that I I always want to be very realistic <clears throat> to people because because marriage is not. um it's not the Disney world happily ever after, right. you know, when that decade hit <laughs> and we will, bo- and I, we both addressed that. And, and when the podcast that we recorded, I hated him and he hated me. 
like we weren't even friends. We weren't, you know, but we had these four kids together and what we were was teammates. We continued to lock arms together. We did everything we needed to do for those kids. And we, you know, we just kept going. We were very good teammates to each other, but I didn't respect him. And, you know, and he said that hurt the most. He said that for men, like the respect of their woman is a big deal. And man, there were days he would walk through that door. And I, I mean, that was all I could do to just be like, <laughs> um, but we kept going when it all boiled down to it. I guess I did still love him underneath, but man, those negative emotions were way more visible on top during that decade. And it's hard. And there are some times where people do have to reach for divorce. Um, I'm not advocating to stay in a horrible, bad marriage. I was just taking my lead from the Lord because I, my grandmother reminded me, she, my granddad had Parkinson's disease and the last 15, 20 years of her marriage was, she didn't have her husband. She had a shell of her man, you know, and she just kept reminding me, I said my vows to God, not to that man. And it was just a testimony that rang true in my heart. And I, until I heard from God, I was not going to leave. So. I think, man, that's, that's, that's amazing. And I, I think that, you know, when you're in that, and when you're in a serious relationship like that, especially like marriage, I've, like I said, I've never been married before. So I can't really um, give you a whole lot of advice on how to stay married because I've never been married. I just had a girlfriend before. I've never been married. But it, what it sounds like to me is that, you know, you reference God, and me and you, we're also very spiritual people. You know, we both believe in God, both big believers. Um, it seems like when you're in a marriage, you're going to need some outside help. Like, especially from God, like you're going to need to call God. Like you may talk to God, you yes. gonna start learning how to talk to God from what it, what it uh, sounds like from, from, you know, being married, you're going to need help from God. Um, when you're in a marriage, because, you know, it seems like, you know, when you're married, it's going to be times where you feel like, did I pick the right person? Like, is this, is this oh, like, sure. is this, is this the, the, the person that I was destined to be with? And it seems like, you know, some people like, they give up too easy. Like they don't want to really fight the challenges. They just want to just play in the sand when it's cool, when it's like warm outside. Like they don't ever want to have things happen, which they will from, you know, every marriage, even my parents who have never, have, I've never seen them fight before. Like my parents who are married, they've never, really? I've never seen them fight. Like, no, nah, like my they, girls, <laughs> they've never, like, I ain't never seen my fam- my parents fight like my mom and dad, but they know how to just, handle it behind closed doors like they've you know made it you know uh they've just made it clear that they don't ever want us they don't ever want us to see that and so they were really good um they've had disagreements don't get me wrong but i could just never tell that because they were good at keeping it behind closed doors you know what i mean and they're still together to this day so even my parents there's a lot there's a lot that i hid from our girls Um, But I am, uh, my parents, I'm three-quarter German and a quarter gypsy. (laughs) So I have the worst temper ever. And so even if I tried to not fight with him in front of the girls, you could still, like, see it all over my family, you know? 
<laughs> so, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't never achieve that. But I, to be very blunt and very honest, I think I think people finding a spouse, finding a partner, need to understand and be intentional about the fact that everybody has their demons. And whoever it is that you pick, you have to be committed to fighting their demons with them because that's what marriage is about. Mm-hmm. You know, they may need you to overcome. And I think in my case, that's how it worked. And um, I was I was able to lift him up while he fought his demons. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you something. Ten years is a very, very long time to do that. And I just about lost it a few times and um we had gotten to a point once where i had decided this is it i'm done d-o-n-e done god you're just gonna have to forgive me later because i cannot do this anymore you know and i said i like lord i know i don't have your permission but i'm dying and i i've gotta go and then three days later i found out i was pregnant with my fifth daughter (laughs) and i was like I can't, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't, I just, that's not the life I want her to have. You know, I don't want her to start out being in a divorce situation. And I stayed. So you think it was like the kids. So because of the kids, like that's what kept you there because you wanted your kids to be able to grow up with two parents and also, you know, be able to, you know, just have two parents there for the kids. Is that, is that, is that you know, is that was that like part of your motivation for, you know, sticking it out? It was part of it, but I'll be 100 percent honest with him struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also because I had a lot more control over protecting them if I stayed. Okay. If I divorced and he got visitation. I had did not have the ability to walk in and gauge whether or not he was capable of driving before they got in the car with him. Mm. Staying married, I was able to protect my kids that way. Mm. So that, you know, again, it's not a fairy tale, you yeah. know, but looking at where we are at now, I wish you could see both of us together interacting now. Um, I think the podcast that we recorded, you know, we shows a little bit of the bantering back and forth between us, but he's so much different now and like he really is taking it serious to take his turn at lifting me up you know and helping to fight through some of my demons you know and we've always been good teammates but like right now man it's the sweet spot we are best friends we he's supporting me and you know i feel a little bit like well, is this fair? Because he's doing all the work right now. And then I have to remember, I did all that work for 31 years. It's okay. He can lift me up a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. Wow. Man, that's crazy, man. <laughs> it seemed like it was like a roller coaster. It was like you was riding. So it was a roller coaster, like, you know, called the the, the dragster in Cedar Point. And it seems like, you know, it was going up real fast and all of a sudden you go right down and then you just hit that smooth spot you know what i mean like you just cruising now it's like it's like yeah. your roller coaster your, your seems like i'd be riding a roller coaster because there was a lot of ups and downs but i think it's good for people to hear this i think it's good for yeah. you know people to hear you know your side and what you've been through because 
you know, that's that's what's gonna happen. Like if you stay if you stay with somebody for that long, shoot, you right. gonna you gonna you well, gonna encounter some problems, like for real, for real. Right. And and I totally get it when people have to walk the other way. I I don't want people to feel like I'm coming down on them if they've been divorced. Um, but in my case, like, man, it was just whenever I faced the choice of leaving or not, I knew I just couldn't imagine my kids not waking up on Christmas morning with both mom and dad there, you know, like I wanted them to see both of us in the same living room, drinking coffee, watching them open their gifts Mm -hmm. and birthdays and random Saturdays and, you know, watching OU versus OSU football, that bedlam game, man, we, you know, like we need to be together for these things. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't, you know, my husband's addiction did not start by him wandering off with the guys and getting into something. He worked midnights for the family because he wanted to be in this new division and he needed some experience. So he's working midnights, couldn't sleep during the day. Um, my husband's also a lot uh, introverted. He's very, he calls himself a hermit. So <clears throat> anytime he used, it was only at home. He never, like, he was never gone out with the guys, getting in trouble. You know, it was always just he would come home and use. And, you know, I told myself, you know, like, you could have it so much worse, you know, and he could be out there doing stuff and end up with a DUI or end up, you know, cheating on me or, you know, anything when you're out partying and using and doing those things. But he came home every day. And I mean, it, however, the fastest amount of time to get from his work to our house, he's there every day, right at that time. The only time he doesn't make it home in 45 minutes is when he has to stop at Walmart for me or something else. This man is consistent, you know? So I knew in my heart, like, this wasn't something that happened because he was selfish and out doing stuff for himself, you know? This literally came from being exposed to Ambien, and it just opened itself to so many other drugs. Mm -hmm. So the things that you do when you're taking Ambien in his case, and in a lot of people's cases, he didn't remember. Like, he would take his Ambien pill, we would fight, and he would say horrible, awful things to me that he will never remember, but I will never be able to forget, you know? And there was even once or twice where he would grab me and, like, you know, throw me across the room or whatever. Not My husband is not the mentality of an abuser. He's never come at me like... I'm going to hurt you. Um, but there were just a couple times where he would just out of character, you know, grab me and toss me out of the way as he walked by. And, you know, I knew all of it was ambient. He never remembered any of those moments. It was um, he, when he would wake up at the end of his sleep time from ambient, he would accuse me of actually like, did you bruise yourself so you can get attention? You know, I mean, it was some rough years. And that didn't, that, like I said, in 10 years, that happened, you know, a handful of times. And it was never, I'm coming to hurt you moment. It was just get out of my way kind of thing. And um, 
it, it was rough. It was rough, rough. But like I said, I, I could I could trace the origins of the addiction and I knew that it wasn't a selfish, I hate you, therefore I'm going to do this thing. Um, so yeah, my situation was a lot different than all other spouses who have to deal with an addicted spouse. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times that will happen when they're out carousing with the guys or, or with the ladies night outs. And you've got a lot of other harder decisions to make then. But for me, I just, I just stuck it out. Wow. That's crazy. Man, that's crazy. Like, just hearing all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really all I can say. That's just, that's crazy, man. Because I know a lot of, you know, probably women that's listening, they're like, man, why you leave him? You should have left his sorry behind. You know, I can hear, I can hear him now. I can hear all the ladies in the back. And, and like, when I, when I thought of just myself, oh, oh, dude, I wanted to leave so bad. But like I said, A, I had more control over what happened to my kids if I stayed. As far as, you know, if he were in a condition not to drive, I, I knew 100% for sure that he, my kids wouldn't get in the car with him. You know, if it was something like <laughs> when they were little, we still had to go to a video store to rent a movie. You know, if it was something like that, they wanted to rent a movie, I knew I could get in the car and take them instead of him driving them. And if we were divorced and he had his visitation, I would have no control over that, you know. So... Um, it wasn't all selfless motivation to stay. Some of it was selfish and wanting to control what was happening. Um, but like I said, we had just gone through such a season when we very first got married where we had no one else. And therefore we became very connected. You know, we moved so far away from family. We became very connected as friends, you know, relying on each other. And so that's probably what got me through it. You know, just that connection we had built early, early on. Hmm. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, come to me all that ye are weary and I will give you rest. Heather, you got your rest, girl. Come on now. Because didn't you just take Because yeah. I know we've been talking. We've been talking a lot. I mean, I mean, you've been telling us a lot of the, you know, the negative that's been happening, man. And, you know, how it took you, you know, how it almost took you out. But I know, like, you know, let's switch, let's talk about, you know, the good, you know, let's talk about the positives now. I know for your 30, what, 33 uh, anniversary, right? 33rd. 33rd anniversary, right? Yep. Didn't you guys take a trip somewhere? Didn't y'all go somewhere for that? So we did, in the last few years, we've started, because see, my husband works for a major airline. We get to fly for free. And um, so that makes our trips so much easier. And, um, So every other year, I picked this year where we got to go, and then next year he will pick. (laughs) And our trips are always so completely different. I will almost always choose Florida. Um, I wanted to go to Boston to a Red Sox game, but for some reason the flights in and out of there were super full and we weren't going to be able to go. Last year was his choice, Chris. We ended up in ended up in some old boy's hunting cabin out in the backwoods of Oklahoma. It was pretty much held together with that spray foam kind of stuff that you use when you're fixing houses. Like that stuff was sprayed everywhere. Uh, he pulled up, and I was like, "Do you want a thirty? You know, a thirty third anniversary? Because 
this 32nd one is not starting out so well. And, you know, we went inside and the whole thing had been remodeled and it was nice. But the outside and there was like some snake had just shed its skin right next to the front steps. And I was like, if you think I'm sleeping here, you are crazy. (laughs) And so he had to go in and do a thorough investigation of the entire little, you know, but it was literally a hunting cabin out in the backwoods of Oklahoma. He had put our four wheeler in the back of the truck and, you know, off we went and we were, it was right on a river. We were going to fish and, you know, ride four wheeler and hike and all of that. And it was, it, I mean, as awful as the surroundings were for, you know, a girl who likes to wear makeup and have fake nails. It was the best weekend with him. He was so happy and he was so like, he doesn't like being around people. So it was just him and me out in the woods, you know, we had the best time and he was in such a good mood and he, you know, and he's like not a big picture taker, but he would, whoa, go over there. I want to take a picture of you, you know, and it was just, it was the sweetest, most restorative fun. But yeah, yeah, this year when I got to pick, we were on the beaches in Florida. Well, see, I thought you was country, but after listening to that, I think your husband's the main dude who's real. He's the he's the real country dude in the relationship. I think when I listened to him on your podcast, because I remember you said that you did do a podcast. I remember listening to that with you and your husband. That man, real country. I mean, he a laid back. You know, he you know he talk. He got that country. He got that country slang. So when you said he went yeah. out in the cabin and you found snakes out there, I'm like, that's his environment. I'm like, that ain't that. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, you let your, first of all, you let your husband pick. So you had to have seen this coming. So, I mean, you you yeah. just had to go for the ride. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. I, I feel like, oh, but, you know, he was so good. Cause he like, he stopped at the, at the grocery store. He bought the best cut of steak we could find. He, you know, we like, he just, he, he took care of me. He brought all the food and all the drinks that he knew I would like, you know what I mean? It was the best time. Now, it is not a time I will ever pick for us. (laughs) But I really enjoyed being there with him in his element and, you know, doing the things he loved to do, you know. I think, think, you know what, you just said a very important point. I think, you know, when it comes to being in a relationship, it's all about trying to embrace those differences versus trying to change those differences. You see what I'm saying? See, I've mentioned this yeah. before. You know, you know, a lot of people when they go in a relationship, they try to change the person. You ain't ever gonna change the person. That's gonna be hard. No. You just gotta embrace it just like you if did. If you wanna change the person, why were why were they attracted to you in the first place? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, exactly that's like, a great point. If you're attracted to them enough to want to be with them and date them and whatever, like, why are you changing them? I love my I love my man. Like he is yeah. there is nothing we have never once hired anyone to fix anything in our house. We've built barns together. Like, listen, I grew up on a farm and I know how to do all of that hard work. <laughs> I would prefer not to. I would prefer to not break a fake nail and I would prefer to wear fake eyelashes while we're, we're you know, whatever. But he, no, he, he never calls anybody over to help us. It's all well, we can do it, you know, and we have cut down large trees. We've built barns. We, I built a rock garden in front of my house and every rock in it, you know, it's a big uh, oval in our 
front yard, there all the rocks are like 300 pounds. And he and I, we would go out to the rock pile, we would wrap a chain around some rock and drag it to the front yard with either the truck or the four-wheeler. We did this and it's huge. I'll have to send you a picture someday. Huge. We did it just the two of us. You know, my man can do anything. Like, okay. why, okay. would I, why would I change him? You know? Okay. No. Man, that man, you know what? You got you a good man, Heather. You know, despite of everything you went through, at the end of the day, not everybody perfect. Just get that right. Not everybody's perfect. But I feel like right. in today, see y'all, see y'all, say, Heather, you old school. See, you part of the older generation. I'm just going to say that. I know you don't like right. it, but you, you part of I say, I mean, it, I mean, what? It, I mean, it is. They older. <laughs> it's yes, older. It's, yes, well, well, hold on, hold on. What, what's it? Generation what? X? Y? X? Z? Y? I think I'm at. I think I'm at. What? Yeah. See, y'all. Yeah. See, y'all old. Yeah. yeah y'all old school. Y'all, because you around my parents. You around yes. my parents. You around my parents' age. So they, y'all old school. Like y'all. You know what I'm saying? You know what's so funny? When I was listening to one of your podcasts in preparation for today, um, it was an older one, and you were talking about um, playing Pac-Man, and you were talking about all the different screens when you beat a level, and I was dying laughing because Pac-Man was, like, new when I was a teenager, you know? (laughs) I'm like, do you know, I think I maybe got to the second screen, like, three or four times. (laughs) I am not a gamer. Yeah, that's that old school oh, game gosh. with the joystick. You just like, uh-uh. yeah. you know what I'm saying? Up now. See, now we yeah. got, now we got PlayStation. We got Xbox. We got uh, we. See, y'all, y'all, and y'all they're so different. Y'all Holy ain't know nothing about that. See, now you got more no. buttons. <laughs> you, it's not, it's not just the joystick. You got to press buttons now. It's, it's, it's a whole different world right. that we living in now. Um, right. I think, I think. What do I want? So, one thing I wanted to say, I think for, especially for females, get so frustrated. <clears throat> it is, it, it, to us, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But to a man, to work hard and provide for their family, especially in their 20s and 30s, is such a priority. They feel such a responsibility on that. You can feel left out or like you're come second or that you're less important or that you're all that and we can talk all day long about how he should feel or he should be or whatever just accept the fact that a man needs to feel like he's providing well for his family just accept that because i'm here to tell you in his 40s and 50s once he has all this time behind him of actually providing well for his family men do they they change they get sentimental they get um more concerned with like Corey is more concerned with making sure that um my heart is happy than he ever ever was in his 20s and 30s because he was so focused on making a living um and this is you know it's just when we were in our 20s and 30s my husband doesn't really buy gifts i mean i would go but i i think i can count maybe on both hands out of 33 years how many times i've gotten a valentine's day gift and i mean even flowers or a see, see to, in today's generation, that they would have left you. That that that, that female, yes. they they they, you know, now nowadays is that's why I was talk, talking about y'all old school because now new school is like, 
oh, I need a man to remember to get me, you know, gifts on this day, Valentine's, Christmas. I need a gift or I'm leaving. What he did, though, was when he did do a gift, it was like super thought out. There was a lot of thought put into it. He would spend more money than, you know, typically what I felt like our budget could have handled. And <clears throat> he would get that it was a good gift, you know. And that was just going to have to carry me until the next time he wanted to bring me a good gift. But now that we're older, he he gets me gifts for all of my, my birthday. Um, we don't really do anniversary gifts because we're doing weekends away, you okay. know. Uh, but he gets me Christmas gifts. He gets me birthday gifts. This year for my birthday, turning 51, um, he had made me. He was a big Walking Dead fan. And, like, the last season was going to come out. He wanted me to watch it and get all caught up on it and everything, you know. So I had to watch, like, nine seasons in just a few months with him. And, Michonne, have you watched The Walking Dead? No. Okay. Michonne is, uh, oh, she's a bad, She she's tough. She's a tough woman and exactly what I would want to be like. Well, her weapon of choice is a sword. And it's always strapped to her back and it's white leather and all this, you know. And so for my 51st birthday, he, you know, had a sword replica made of Michonne's sword come from Japan all the way. And that's what they gave me right before we walked in to watch the drillers pay, play baseball in Tulsa. I had to leave it in the car, unfortunately. But yeah, I have this white leather wrapped sword exactly like Michonne's from the walking dead she's like everything i would want to be as a tough female you know and um so his gifts now i mean they're fun and they've got thought to them you know whatever i went years and years i went decades without gifts at all on valentine's birthday mother's day um sometimes even christmas you know but now you know so men do change it mm -hmm. they do go through phases and I mean, so do we. So really, it's not really our place to tell our man, you got to change into this sentimental, wonderful, you know, it's just not where they're at in life. That doesn't mean they're not a good quality partner, husband, lover, friend, all the things that a relationship should bring you. Mm. Man, I think these females need, uh, today need to be hearing this like right now because they, they be expecting <laughs> way they spent it way too much now. Like, you know, I think I yeah. you was on my What Would You Do Wednesday one time. And my friend, like my roommate, my friend who's my roommate, he took a girl out and I he wanted to do separate checks. Like, because he paid, well, he paid for the first meal. And then, like, you know, he uh, cooked for her uh, the following day. And then they went out again to a different restaurant. And he was like, he told the waiter, uh, we, can we do separate checks? And apparently, like a few days later, she got mad about that and you know left him. And it made a whole rant on Instagram talking about, well, man, you know I can't date a man who don't pay for every meal. I was like, what? I'm like, you tripping? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he he didn't already pay for your first meal. He paid. He uh, cooked for you. I remember he was in an apartment and he was cooking her like chicken and stuff, chicken and rice. I'm like, you you telling me because one time. He want to do separate chase. Right. You gonna get mad? It's like, why didn't you pay the second time? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it, it's she's like not, she, she's just not in a place in her life where she's 
<clears throat> there yet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. She might be, she might be ready to like, how do, how do I put it? You know, date without need for a long-term relationship. She might be there, but she is not ready for a long-term equal partnership relationship. Right. Yeah. No. And when you were telling that on the, what would you do Wednesday? I used to see my, I was like, no what is wrong with this girl you know right i was like my girl was better not ever act like that if it gets back to me i we will be having a talk right 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 because you know at the end of the day he was a great guy he took care of her like he tried to be there for it's just like you can't expect your man to pay you pay every single time especially like being in college his income ain't on that level yet like let's just be real no was a stay-at-home mom and I contributed a lot to our family even though it wasn't monetarily um I, I did so much that I w- enabled my husband to be able to provide a really great living for us <clears throat> but at the same time if if I can make any money at this book you have no idea how much I'm looking forward to buying some gifts for my husband you know like I mean a trailer he needs a trailer to haul things back and forth but because he he will not spend money on himself. And he, you know, it's like $1,500. He's like, eh, I'll be fine. Eh, you know, and it, he makes things so much harder on himself because he won't spend money. Do you know how fun it will be for me the day that I can have $1,500 that hasn't really been in the family budget to where he's, you know, would notice if I spent it? I want to pull up in the yard with that and a big old bow on it. Yes. I, you know, when you get older, things just become so much sweeter. You just have to be able to be great teammates and partners and friends, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I definitely see that. You know, Heather, man, like, man, like, you so old school, girl. You so old school, for real, for real. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, like, aside from, you know, that, I feel like, you know, I'll say this. Because I wrote this down and I wanted to share my my thing on what okay. on like you know the three key layers that build a strong foundation in a relationship. Um, you probably already heard these, but I'm going to say them again. One, the number one thing is communication. Communication. I feel like a lot uh-huh. of relationships they don't work out because of miscommunication. That's one thing. So we got a board in our apartment on our fridge, and. We all there's a there's there's this thing we write like random stuff on the board. One thing we had at the top is miscommunication because when we have our conversations, we're always talking about stuff that goes on in the world and just like why 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 is this stuff happening? Like why are people getting mad over this and that? But the main thing is miscommunication, and in relationships, a so, lot of people miscommunicate. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I know you have one some has some. So yes, because people underestimate the the hard reality of the fact that men and women absolutely communicate differently. And so um, when I worked at a job, it was at a Christian summer camp and retreat center. It was me and three men. So our staff meetings, you know, would happen. And then a week later, my boss is like, did you ever do this thing we talked about in the staff meeting? And I said, no, I didn't hear any action item I heard you guys talk all about all the different options and all the different ways it could be carried out and all, but I did not hear this is the way we've chosen to go. And so I said, are you a Star Trek fan? And he was like, 
some. And I said, well, Jean-Luc Picard, anytime he wanted his crew to actually do something, he would say, make it so. And so from that point on, because I never heard in men language, I never heard the call to action, like, let's do this option. They would talk about everything and then we would move on to the next topic. But so after that, then Ron would stop and he would go like, make it so. <laughs> and and I knew then, okay, this is the action item. I'm ready to go on this. You know, people don't really give enough credit to how men and women communicate differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so keep that in mind yeah, in relationships. Yeah. That's what I've realized. Like when I was in a relationship, you know, back when I was dating, um, you know, girls and like, high school and you know i talked to this one girl when i was in college for real for real that was gonna be serious but it wasn't that's what i i, I was i was i had to be woke to that because you know i feel like man like we i feel like we more straightforward versus you know how females communicate it's more like you got to pick up the hint like i remember this one girl she was trying to hint at something and she got mad at me because i didn't pick it up like, I remember, like, it was, like, back when I was in high school, like, it was my senior, I think we, yeah, we're about to graduate, it was, like, my senior year, I went over to her house at night, and I was just parked in, the, I was parked in the driveway, and, <clears throat> and I, she came in my car, we were just sitting there, and we were just talking, and she's like, Christopher, what are we? And I was like, I, I, I honestly think we just friends with benefits for real. <laughs> she's like, no, what are we? Do friends kiss? <laughs> I'm like, I think so. Yeah, she's like, but if we're friends, why are we kissing? I'm like, uh, right. And then she kept like right. going on and on. And then I said something. She got mad. She hopped out the car and slammed the door and <laughs> left. And I'm just like, what the? And then literally the next day, she called me. She's like, Christopher, do you know what I was trying to tell you? I was like, no. I'm like, I, I thought I was answering your question. And she said, Christopher. You could have kissed me a hundred times that day. I was like, I was like, I didn't know that because you kept asking me, are we friends with benefits or are we dating? And I kept trying to answer the question. So what I learned from that moment is you got as a dude, man, it's like you said, it's completely different because I'm more like, just tell me what you want. But from a female, I was like, you got to pick up on it. I'm like, bro, I ain't got time for that. I think. (laughs) Well, I think a lot, um, a lot of stuff like that does go back to little girls are raised even still today, even though we have have attained much more equality than before, we're still not, uh, we're still raised that the girls should not be the aggressor in a relationship. Girls should never propose. Girls shouldn't ask somebody to out. Girls shouldn't, you know, it's, it's because you can't be. Um, what am I trying to say? Gentle, delicate, and proper kind of girl that we all really, we want to be. It's just we want to let the tiger loose once we get comfortable with somebody, you know? But we were never raised to just come be out and be the aggressor. What she was saying to you is, do you want me or do you not? You know, but that's not how girls are raised. We can't say that. We right. cannot say that. And, and, that, and that's um, something so, I question. That's something I, I, you know, you bring up that point. That's what I question. Like, I've always wondered that. And I've always talked to my dudes about this. It's like, 
how come, you know, females can't feel like they can approach us? Like, what's wrong with that? Because, you know, it's like, it's like, why is it that there has to be, it has to be the man got to do it. It was like, as a female, if you want to do it, like, I feel like you should make yourself, you should approach us because sometimes we don't know. Sometimes as a man, it puts a lot of pressure on a man to always feel obligated to either propose or ask the girl out and stuff like that. Because it's like, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, it's hard for us. It's And sometimes it, it takes a lot of nerve. So it's like, I feel like if yeah. a female were to also do it, it can kind of give the man an idea. Because a man will take it. Like, I feel like a lot of men, they wish that could have that happen. Because sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we thinking, oh, this girl don't want us. Like, she don't want to be bothered. You know, just by her body language. But it's like, I feel and like... she's probably just irritated that you're not making your move faster. You know, like most girls won't be there in the moment with you if they're not interested in going further. Mm. Does that make sense? There are there are some who will be there just to take your money and get a free meal out or something like that. But most girls who are pursuing a relationship would not be there if they weren't interested in exploring the next level. Hmm. You know, um, it seems like through the generations, we have been raised that men have to be the aggressor to start. Mm-hmm. And I know why, but, but it's also seems like girls are the ones who do all the breaking up. Yeah. I've, I've like most relationships I've been in the girl broke up with me. I've only broke up with one girl right. out of the relationships that the relationships I've been in. But yeah, I do see that. Like the girls be breaking up for some right. reason. And, and that's why I say most girls wouldn't be there if they weren't interested in going to the next level because girls are comfortable breaking up with guys. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, and this this is not to say give the green light to the guys to just go ninety to nothing and you know <laughs> not take the time and do your due diligence in the relationship. But at the same time, it's, you know, they want to stick around for that deeper conversation. They want to stick around for that next level. And, you know, even physically, um, that's, you know, totally the decisions between each girl and each guy, Um, you know, but even, you know, with us being believers, you know, um, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the man being the head of the home. I got to tell you, I'm still stinking comfortable with that. I can't see straight, but I'm the strongest woman you will probably ever meet in your life. You know, like I I love the fact that my man already has it in his head. He's going to protect me and he's going to do, you know, he he's covering me. But at the same time, everybody in the world should just know that my husband's not going to get very much of a chance to protect me because I'll be right underneath him with my sword ready to chop your head off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we are equals in all of that. I just want him to be the lead, you mm-hmm. know. And I think so many times the women are so confused. Like, I don't want oh no man to be the head of my household. I'm an equal. I can make all the same decisions. I can make. But at the same time, they get mad if you don't pay for their meal. Like, yeah. What is up with that? To one degree, it's just women are trying to find their feet in how to (laughs) be in this new world. And to another degree, women just want their cake and eat it too. And so we have got to get to the point where we are learning how to get past the childish, I want my cake and eat it too. And what can I bring to this new strong women world? You know, 
it's 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 really thrown a rock into the dating for you men and i you know i hate that for you i'm glad women are finding their feet i really wish we had a better um better way of learning the do's and don'ts of it though so we'll get there we'll all get there yeah eventually come it'll come around but you know as of right now i think you know i feel like a lot of it comes down you know a lot of it is you know social media bigs plays a big factor in it because now you know looking at people who go on social media they expect they they have they 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 think that it's supposed to be held to some standard you know what i'm saying like i feel like social media like back then like you didn't have that so it was i feel uh-huh. like it was more natural now to to meet somebody back then versus it is now cuz now it's like you get the online dating scene you know you got you know you can hit people up in the dms you can you know basically connect with people all different types of ways now and i feel like right. know, the people that be posting on social media like they be like trying to give you a false image of what a relationship is supposed to look like. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people are falling into that trap. You know, they're just falling into like, oh, you know, the man and the woman, the man's supposed to be like this, the woman's supposed to be like this. And if they ain't like this, then that ain't no relationship. Like, for example, from a female perspective, if the man don't pay for my meal, my man don't do this and that, then I can't be with him. Or, you know, now it's like, if a woman don't look like a model, if she don't look like this, if she ain't got curves like this, then I can't date it because like, you know, social media has put, you know, has put a false image in our mind to think, oh, uh, this is how it's supposed to look. And that's what I was talking about when I said a lot of people now build relationships on sand. Like he look good. She look good. He got a lot of followers. She got a lot of followers. You know what I'm saying? She got money. He got money. He got fame and all this other stuff that we kind of shine away from like the realness of a relationship of why we want to it's just people just doing it now just because it looks good it looks good to be with somebody right. now versus like actually trying to be with somebody and trying to work with their differences it's just now it's just like a flex so you can post it on social media right. and be like oh look at my man look at my look at my girl like look at my girl like she got a million followers she's a, a model she got curves she got this and that it's just more of a flex now and that's why, you know, well, let me ask you something. If somebody has a million followers and they're truly living the life of an influencer, that's a heck of a lot of work. How much time are they going to have for you? Exactly. Because I feel like those influencers, I, I don't know how they do. I don't know how you do it. But I know there's, you know, when I when I've seen these influencers on social media, it's like they they got they got, you know, they got partners. But at the same time, it feels like they got multiple partners because they got to try to please right. people on social media so they can get the followers. And, you know, I hate to use females as an example, but it's a lot of female influences on there that it's prevalent be, with females. <laughs> they be, they be, I mean, there's males out there, but it's mainly females because a lot of females use are on social media more than males. But it just it's just like with females, like it seems like, yeah, you got a man, but it don't look like it from your profile. It's like, uh, <laughs> like we got, you know, what I'm saying? it just it just don't. It's just like, man, you trying to entertain other people on social media as well. It's like, I don't know how you be right? doing that. It's like, I don't know how you be. I, I really don't like it. The man cool with it and it's cool. But I know personally for me, I'm like, I want you to myself. Like, I don't want you on there. Doing what you doing? So, so note note to Chris Simmons. 
influencers and people with a million followers are not the demographic you should choose a partner from. No, according to me, does that no. make sense? You know, like right. It's it's, it, it's it's really a profession that really doesn't leave time for real um, relationships because you know you're going to get to see them very. It, you're going to have to be penciled in. You know, and is that is that what you want in a relationship to be penciled in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta. Yeah, you just gotta. Just remember that. I mean, nothing wrong with they. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with they influencers, but I just know for me personally, you know, it's not about fame. It's not about status for me. It's like, is it? Is that person's heart in the right place? And if your heart yes. is not in the right yes. place, then me and you it, we just ain't gonna click clack like it's just not gonna work yes you know so raising my girls i always told them anytime something come up and anytime they were you know fussy about something or whatever and i would always tell and my daughter my second daughter she's like mom if i ever hear that phrase again it's gonna be too soon but i would always say it's all about the condition of your heart what is exactly what is it exactly that's making you fussy? Are you not getting all of the attention? Are you not, you know, like why are you all worked up about this? This is literally, you know, ninth grade issues here and you're just all bent out of shape. It's the condition of your heart. You want what you want and to heck with anybody else, you know. But what I wanted to say before I forget it again, to your, your roommate, communication is the key. That was your number one. We gotta get to your other um Oh, I think I think it's just safest for the guys to always say at the beginning of a relationship, how do you feel about that? Are you cool paying for a meal every once in a while? And if you are, like, if I call you and just say, hey, I really want to hang with you, but, like, I'm tight. Is there any way you can pitch in or maybe even pay for the meal tonight? Mm-hmm. Instead of waiting until you get to the restaurant, because they're... All you're doing is giving her a chance to put on a show and a hissy fit in front of everybody. Yeah, luckily she didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm sorry, but you know I've raised daughters and I are a female. <laughs> yeah, I know how we do. You know, yeah. so I mean, commun- over communicate that, especially mm-hmm. you know, say ahead of time. I really want to hang out with you, but I don't have the money to provide an event. Can you help? Right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and looking at it from there, yeah, I feel like it could have been like that, but but still. And she like, might say, listen, I'm tight, too. We got to do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and take a walk in the park. Right. Which, if you're really into her, that's great, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, that would really show, that would really, you know, show, you know, you and your relationship, like, you know, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually having taught, actually having had that conversation and having to do peanut butter and jelly with a walk through the park, you guys are going to grow closer together because you just overcame the obstacle of not having enough. Yeah, that actually, you know, that's one of the sub points that I had under communication, being able to talk things out, like being able to, like I said, like be real. And that also, you know, leads to my second point, being honest, like just be real with each other. Like why, why, why you got to keep secrets? Like, why are you afraid to tell your partner or whoever's supposed to be your, your person of interest? Why is it that it's hard for you to let them know the truth sometimes? Because honesty, you know, honesty, you know, I've heard this honesty is the best policy. Like I'm a, I always like to keep it 100. Like that's what we say now. I like to keep it 100. Like, keep it real with you all the time. 
and you know being honest and open about things is also going to be able to help your communication and it's also going to be able to build that trust which is the third layer of building a strong foundation is being able to trust that person but it all goes under communication communication is probably the most important thing in a relationship because if you don't have that you're struggling you're going to be struggling yes okay so one thing that we did, and I mean, I don't even know how we landed on this. I just, whenever we got to the point of, okay, you know that a fight is coming, right? Like you can feel it coming and, you know, <laughs> and we were poor. We were broke when our girls were a little bitty. We barely had enough money for a um, babysitter. But if we knew that a fight was coming, it was inevitable, we would stop right in the middle of, you know, tensions rising, we would just call a timeout, call a babysitter. When she got there, we got in the car and we took the anger out of our home. We drove out to the lake. We sat at the spillways overlooking the lake and we didn't speak from the time we left the house until we got to the spillways. <laughs> no speaking allowed. When we got there, then we fought it out. Mm. But we removed the anger from our home and our typical daily setting and we didn't speak until we got out there but the most important thing about that is the drive from our home to the spillways had allowed us to settle the emotions we were able to like kind of remove some of the frenzy and when we got there we were both calm enough to start the discussion in a productive way instead of in an emotional way and we we grew leaps and bounds during the time that we did it like that you know, now it's not always possible, but we would, we would call a timeout right in the middle of an escalating fight and just leave the house and get to the lake. And then we would let go, you know, so that, you know, everybody would do it differently, but, you know, consider that when you're, when you're communicating and you know, and I'm really speaking to females here because there's a lot of times we, once that starts rising, there's not much we can do. That ball is rolling downhill and buddy, here it comes. But if you commit to calling a timeout, removing the anger from your home, removing it from your normal daily life setting, and you go into a completely neutral location, even just the drive getting there calms you down a little bit and talking it out in a peaceful, beautiful location just adds so much to what you can get done. Mm, there you go. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good strategy right there. That was good. That was a good way to do it. <laughs> I feel like I'm echoing your background. I can hear my voice. I can hear my voice in your car. I'm like, what? You can. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was echoing. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> but, but okay, is it better now? Yeah, it's good now. Nah, I was like, I kept hearing myself. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, where? What the? But nah. Uh oh. Nah, we, uh, I hope that didn't ruin anything. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, you're good. I mean, it happens. We're on Zoom. That's why I was trying to do it in person, which I think it will come. I think the time will come where me and Heather oh, can coming. do it. Oh, it's coming. Me and Heather can do it's it in coming. person. It's coming. First, first of all, how you fly and for free? Like, uh, well, when you work for an airline, you get to fly for free. What you have to do is you have to show up for each flight, and if there is an empty seat before it takes off, then you get given the empty seat. So it's not like you're not sure that you're leaving Friday at two o'clock, <laughs> mm. but you know, when you're talking about flying for free instead of paying several hundred dollars, 
I don't care. I will get there at 5 a.m. and wait until you have an empty seat, you know. Dang. So, <laughs> That's yeah. dedication but listen, right there. I am. I'm flying up there, because, and I, hopefully I can do it in December. I am a sucker for Christmas decorations and everything, so coming up there and seeing how everything's done in Ohio, that would be fun to me. Yeah. Uh, i just say uh, be dressed for the weather. Uh, bring a coat, bring some boots, because uh, it, because the the part of Ohio you might come to, which is Kent, I'll probably most likely be up here in Kent, Ohio. Uh, it's snow up here, uh, so I mean, I'm talking. I ain't talking like one inch. I'm talking like twelve yeah, inches. So uh, if you come up here, bring your coat, bring your boots, bring your gloves, bring your hat, bring your scarf, bring everything. Cause it's gonna be it ain't Tulsa. It ain't Tulsa winter. I know Tulsa in the winter be like 60, no. 70 degrees. It ain't like that. It's more like seven or negative seven degrees. Like you know what I'm saying? So but you might get lucky and get a nice Well, day. I grew up in South Dakota, so I can do it. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. It do be snowed up. It do be snowed up there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean Man, I think we had a, a a great conversation for real. Um, we probably, did. It, it went a little long. You might yeah. have to split this into two. <laughs> I might. I, you know, I'm just gonna keep it. I'm just gonna keep Are you, it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, it, ain't, it ain't no big deal. You know. You know me. I can talk for hours. Uh, right. But I know that you know we had a lot to say, and you know about relationships. I think you know we had a great convo. You know we started out with talking about her relationship, and then we went into some other stuff. But hopefully, y'all find this beneficial. Hopefully, you find this conversation, you know, beneficial, and you know, hopefully, you can apply some of these uh, principles to your life, especially from Miss Heather, who's been married thirty three years. Started started you know her her journey began when she was eighteen years old. So hopefully, you know, you can learn a few things here and there, you know, take some things with you and hopefully apply them. But anyway, you will not, this will not be the last time you see from Miss Heather because like you you just heard, she will be up here in Kent, Ohio. Uh, hopefully she prepares for the weather because she says she want to come in December. So hopefully she addressed for the weather because it ain't going to be like Tulsa. I'm going to tell you that right now. So you will definitely see more of Miss Heather. Uh, definitely go follow Miss Heather on Instagram. Follow her at Heather underscore Nuttall underscore Westover. I'll go ahead and put that link in the description because I, I I know you probably didn't remember that. But I will say it again. It's at Heather underscore Nuttall, N-U-T-T-A-L-L underscore Westover, W-E-T. I mean, W-E-S-T. I was like, what am I doing? O-V-E-R. Don't worry. I'll put all this in the description. I'll put all this, I'll put all this in, the, in the description, so you should be able to see it. And I'll also tag her on my Instagram. Uh, speaking of Instagram, follow me on Instagram at Disinfecting Your Life. There's no spaces, no capitals. Once again, follow me on Instagram at Disinfecting Your Life. No spaces, no capitals. And for those of you who are on Twitter... Follow me on Twitter at this in your life one. Once again, follow me at D I S N your life and the number one. And then also for my older generation who still use Facebook, follow me on Facebook at disinfect your life. So again, follow me on Facebook at disinfect your life and you'll see the page. You'll see all the latest and greatest. Uh, 
uh, of the podcast and you know the videos and all the great things that's coming up but if you follow my instagram definitely click the link in the bio and if you click the link in the bio you'll be able to see a tab you'll be able to see multiple tabs you know to our channels and stuff but you'll also see this tab that says merch so if you click the merch tab you'll be able to see i got a lot of merch on, well, i got shirts and hoodies so right now i got my hoodie on as always i wear it to every single podcast called step towards your purpose which is also the title of my book so definitely click the merch tab get you some sweatshirts because you're gonna need them up here i don't know down in tulsa oklahoma it might it might still be 90 degrees down there but if you in the north you definitely need a sweatshirt uh get you get you a sweatshirt and then also get you a t-shirt step towards your purpose t-shirts go get those they on sale right now so if you're trying to still step towards your purpose in 2021 you still got time because 2021 is not over if you're still trying to accomplish something do it right now don't be dumb people that say i'm gonna just wait till 2022 no 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 do it right now if you still want something to happen make it happen right now you still got time so get 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 you get you i mean get get started get going on it or whatever you still got left to do in 2021 make sure it happens all right miss heather that's right you got anything before we uh close out no i just thank you for having me on i enjoy my time enjoy visiting with you so much and i love where you're at and you're part of life and it's so funny how you always remind me i'm in that older generation but you handled me with care, so that's really great. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I'm always looking out. Always looking out. You feel me? Yes. But yeah, no, it's been a great, great episode once again. And we about to go ahead and close it out. This your boy Chris Simmons, alongside special guest Heather Westover. Heather Westover, yeah. And we gonna we gonna see y'all soon, man. Take care. Peace. Recording stopped.